2: Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin.
3: Well, good evening and thank you for joining us here on Education Nation. I am Headmaster and host Rebecca Hagstrom, and it's a privilege to join you every Saturday evening here on AM 1280 The Patriot. And of course, I'm joined in studio once again by our wonderful producer of Education Nation and co-host Mark Durkin. And
1: another good evening to you, Rebecca.
3: Yes, and again, we are we're riding out this storm here in, February, in Winter Wonderland. 2019
1: aren't we? will not be forgotten about for a long, I long time. I
3: know, um, but I have to say it's been really fun too. No. The, the snow is beautiful. I love it. Yeah, I mean, like I was I too.
1: saying before the show today. I mean, you go outside at 10 o'clock at night; it's those white nights. You know, everything's just nice and lit up. I, I like. Yeah.
3: It. me too. Well, over the last six months, we've investigated and shared with you, our listeners, multiple ways in which schools are curbing free expression in the classroom. And the movement has been spearheaded by overhauling academic curriculums, um, in in many cases, um, for those that are racial equity-based, and they take on many different forms. Um, While it's purported that these changes seek to close achievement gaps... Um, they ultimately create an atmosphere of indoctrination, oftentimes, as opposed to teaching students how to think, which That's, is what we want to see kids learning to absolutely.
1: do. Absolutely, and we can also all agree that teaching students how to think and to process and communicate information is the catalyst for a quality education. Uh, but tonight's guest was really left speechless when, just a month ago, her son's eleven-year-old or she, the son was eleven-year-old, the teacher unloaded all of the political leanings. That this teacher held to her class while airing a television speech that was given by President Trump and this began a process in which the school was notified and steps were taken to stop the overt indoctrination in its tracks and despite the stigma that is often attached to young parents that they're powerless to raise concerns over what's happening in the classroom. Our guest is here tonight to share with us that parents have no need to be intimidated when they feel it's necessary to lobby for change. Michaela Ross is the parent of an elementary school student in Hugo, and she joins us tonight on Education Nation. Michaela, thanks for joining us.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, both yeah. of you. It's I'm great. really excited to be in here.
3: Yeah, yes. and we're glad to have you. It's Thank important you. to tell these stories. It is. And um, we were alerted to the story by, I think, your grandfather. Yes. Who co- contacted the station. Yes.
2: So my grandfather is definitely Definitely a man with a mission is what yeah. I like to say. Yeah, um, he is very enthusiastic about his beliefs and his feelings, and he is an excellent man to have in my corner. Yeah. when anything happens. Yes, <laughs> that is
3: so great.
2: Yes. Well, a little
3: over a month ago, your son, your 11 year old son, I want to, I want to clarify that this is we're talking about. What a fifth
2: grader? Fifth grader. Fifth yes. grader
3: here um, went off to school, but on this particular day, there was an incident that occurred that was bothersome to your son. So much so that he actually came home and described the things that were said in his classroom, which having raised four sons, they don't do that very often. So obviously something really sparked him this time around. (laughs) So so can you go ahead and tell our listeners um, or take our listeners through the series of events that transpired on that day?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So just like you said, raising boys, boys do not um, willingly divulge their day to you. Right. So having him run up to me as soon as he got home was a little well this isn't normal. Right. And um he just told me that he was very upset and almost distraught hmm. because his teacher had CNN on. Um Trump was coming on to speak mm-hmm. and she said, "Well, here's Trump getting ready to fill us with his lies again." Um, something along those yeah. those lines. Like here's Trump, he's going to be lying to everyone again. Right. And why would you even
3: have CNN on in the classroom? Anyway. <laughs> well that's Just, another thing
2: that's frustrating yeah. as well, because I feel like yes, it's important for children to know what is happening in our current day and age. Mm-hmm. But you should not be showing biased media outlets. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um I I speak to my children about what we're encountering in the world because I feel like a lot of what we're encountering. Isn't for the better. And Mm -hmm. it's things that I feel like I need to guard their hearts against. Mm -hmm. So we do, we do speak openly in our home Mm -hmm. regarding politics. Mm -hmm. Um, But he, he had come in and said, Mom, my teacher had CNN on today. And as soon as Trump went on to talk, she told the whole class, well, here's Trump again, filling everyone with his lies like usual. Mm. But to me, that was a reinforcement um, from the outside saying, your parents condone lying. Mm -hmm. Your parents Mm -hmm. condone and your parents support someone that is lying to the entire country.
3: Or anybody who supports Trump. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, So that is cause of alarm to me right there. Right. Um, I immediately was upset and i contacted my family and i said how how should i proceed because right now i know i'm just seeing red Mm -hmm. and (laughs) sure (laughs) yeah um little side note i coach hockey and we tell the parents don't email me unless it's been 24 hours you need to cool down
3: yeah so i have that
2: 24 hour policy very good
3: personal policy it is i wish more people followed it
2: yep Mm -hmm. um so i contacted my grandpa because he is Uh, forced to be reckoned with. And I just had told him about what we had experienced. And um, I immediately found the principal as well as the superintendent's number and thought this was something, you know, that needed to be addressed immediately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I know if tables were turned and they had said, look at how Trump is saving our country. Mm -hmm. Look at how Trump is coming in and
3: yeah, saving the day. Oh, there would have been a huge outcry. Right.
2: Exactly. Yeah. The mm-hmm. office would have been flooded with frustrated and mm-hmm. very upset parents. I mean, mm-hmm. we can see when Trump was elected, there were mm-hmm. riots and protests Absolutely. and mm-hmm. children walking out of schools. Mm-hmm. That happened in White Bear Lake, which mm-hmm. is where we live. Yeah. So I know for a fact it would have been completely opposite right
3: right right and yeah and that's an important thing for us to mention here that you know we're not looking for we as a show are not trying to be trump supporters not that we are or are not but that's not the important issue here the important issue is that there was a basically as mark says an indoctrination of the students taking place there whether the teacher really um recognize that or not yeah. is another thing. You know, I think sometimes people believe so wholeheartedly and they think they're helping
0: mm-hmm.
3: uh, by making these statements. But I'm still struck by the fact that this is a fifth grade classroom. Um It would be one thing if it was a high school classroom and we're going to, sure. you know, evaluate exactly. a speech and exactly. we're going to look at the arguments mm-hmm. and, you know, how mm-hmm. sound are these arguments. Mm-hmm. But to have this being played in fifth graders, Um, as part of their curriculum, just seems completely inappropriate.
2: And then that's exactly how I felt as well. Um, I know I did go to a private school, and I can tell you, I have no idea who any of my teachers ever voted for Mm -hmm. because it just wasn't something that was discussed. In fourth grade, we were learning how to balance checks. We weren't talking about (laughs) what the president is saying and if he's lying or not. Right,
3: right. Right. And that's that's exactly right. And and it doesn't have a place, especially in an elementary exactly. school classroom.
1: Yeah. I mean it's purely subjective. One hundred percent. It's not teaching kids how to think. This is right. my opinion. Take it now as yours and run with it. Right. Well Which, and
3: kids at that age are not cognitively ready to be able to form opinions and base them in fact. Mm-hmm. So exactly. they are they're little parrots at that age. And exactly. so um, when you fill them with things like that, well you know, then you know that the outcome is going to be yes. uh, what you kind of want it to be. You're kind yes. of shaping them. And so you do have to be really careful what you say to kids at all ages, but especially those young ages. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And if we weren't a political, if, if we didn't discuss politics within our home, I don't think that he would have even addressed this with me. Sure. He it, might not have
3: even known. Exactly. A problem. So mm-hmm. if there
2: are other families that do not discuss political beliefs, they do not discuss their viewpoints. These children are just being fed what mm-hmm. the teacher is telling them, and they are not going to know whether they should be separating that from right or wrong. Right. And right. that's the biggest issue. a good issue. point. Yeah. It's a good
3: point. They wouldn't even necessarily go home and exactly. make, tell, tell their parents about it. Yes. Yeah, they wouldn't think point.
2: anything different about it. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, you've made it clear to our listeners how upsetting this was to your son and your grandfather and you, and you've also gotten to know all of the parents of your son's friends outside of school. Mm-hmm. Have they shared with you how they felt about the things that were said by the teacher in the classroom that day
2: in so, the president's speech? Um, I actually, there there are a few people that I will discuss politics with. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah.
3: Wise woman. It, yes. Yes. <laughs>
2: um, and there are things that have come up with other parents. Um, the parents that I know that are on the same political standpoint as as our family have discussed that this is completely wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, they have discussed that they feel this is an indoctrination. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just doesn't hold any place within the classroom, especially a fifth grade classroom at the end of the day. Right. Like you had said earlier, if this was a college ethics mm-hmm, class, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it would be much more appropriate. Right, right. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, to just put CNN on and and... And it wasn't even just that. I mean, she had put on Ilhan Omar on the whiteboard and praised her continuously and said she's doing wonderful right. things for Minnesota.
3: She is really taking a political bent in this great classroom. Is. And Interesting. I mean, look it's at the really anti Semitic
2: tweets that yes. Ilhan has come out mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. where even Democrats are asking her to resign. Mm-hmm. And this is someone that was being praised in my child's classroom. Mm-hmm. When completely... I've seen nothing but vile behavior coming from her, I don't want my son to think that that is okay yeah. or that right. is normal. Right. Because it's not.
3: Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is really concerning. I'm glad Mm -hmm. that you have had the courage to speak up, Mm -hmm. Michaela, because I think it's shocking. I think people hear these stories and they think, well, that's not my child's school. That's in somebody else's school. Mm -hmm. And um, you really do have to be alert as a parent and on the watch. And as you said, even having discussions at home with your kids so that they recognize when something is being said that that um, is inappropriate for their age group. Yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, you talked earlier about, you know, just taking that 24-hour period to to kind of just to calm down and to really, you know, evaluate things from a place of where the emotions maybe aren't as uh, riled up as they were initially when you heard this. You know, what specific steps did you take to draw attention to your disapproval to the comments that were made in the classroom? How did these school officials respond to the concerns that you raised?
2: Um, I actually was quite shocked by the response, um, we did contact the superintendent, and I feel like that probably was the best thing to do because mm-hmm. that is involving him and letting him know what is going on within his district. Mm-hmm. And I think if we hadn't done that, maybe we wouldn't have received such a positive response from the principal. Okay, um, but when the principal was contacted, I'm quite—I I just really honestly was shocked because I f- I do feel very intimidated in Minnesota coming out as a Republican. Yeah. It's not the norm, especially Mm -hmm. someone that's 28 like myself, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a young parent. Mm -hmm. So um, I was very fearful just because I hadn't had positive responses with the principal in the past. And this time she did say that was absolutely unacceptable and that should never, ever be done in the school. Good for her. And I was very pleasantly surprised by that because you would think that they would just back the teacher automatically or with the past experiences I've had, I did not think this was going to be addressed the Mm -hmm. way that it was. Mm -hmm. So, Well, good for her. It, I, Yeah. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it just does go to back. This isn't mm-hmm. appropriate in the school, no matter what your political standpoint exactly. is. Exactly. Right. That is the key
3: here. And I really want to emphasize that, too, that um, this isn't about supporting one political candidate over exactly. another. It's about keeping the political conversations out of the classrooms. Exactly. And especially at yes. the lower school, middle school level where they, there can't be deep thought you know, based in reasoned arguments and and logic. You know, they just can't do that at that age.
1: And and parents Um, need to be encouraged by what you're saying because, mm -hmm. you know, you went ahead and you spoke up for what was right and there was progress that was made. And like I said earlier in the show, you know, a lot of people probably get the impression, well, I'm young and this is a a major force that might be financially backed and, you know, I'm just one parent and exactly. maybe other parents are reluctant mm-hmm. to speak up, but you spoke up and something got done about yeah. that. And yes. Parents need to be encouraged by that.
2: Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, I was very encouraged because I didn't have positive past experiences and that was what caused that mm-hmm. nervousness and the fear Yes, to really stand mm-hmm. up. But it just was so reinforcing. It doesn't matter how the past was. What is wrong is wrong. Yes. And mm-hmm. that does have to be addressed.
3: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's an encouragement to other parents, as you say, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So the principal, you know, she gives her word that, you know, this was not going to happen again. And your son comes home from school the next day and shares with you how the teacher specifically responded. What exactly did the teacher say to the class in response to her being, in a sense, corrected to, you know, stop this behavior?
2: So I would say it was somewhat of a pathetic apology (laughs) 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 Um, just because it was... I still believe all of this. I still think all of this is true. These are my beliefs, my stance, you know, this is my okay. stance on this, but I shouldn't have said that to you.
3: Okay. Okay.
2: I feel like don't even apologize if you're going to have a right. butt. Bot- right Truth- <laughs> exactly. It is a backhanded apology. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't, I will not do this anymore. This was right. wrong. It was, this is how I feel. I'm sorry that I shared yes. my beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I just still
3: I have to keep slapping myself here that this is fifth grade. Um, I know this is just um, so mind-boggling for me mm-hmm. that this would be discussed in a fifth grade classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you had mentioned that you'd reached out to Citizens for a Better Minnesota, correct? And what types of feedback did they give you in regards to the concerns you raised over what happened at your child's elementary school? Did their feedback encourage you? And how
2: important do you feel a sense of connectedness is? With others when approaching school officials, so um, I did reach out to a Facebook group that I'm in, um, Citizens for a Better Minnesota, and I reached out to them because because I want I want everyone to know about this injustice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I don't feel like it's right, and I know I don't know where every single person within that group lives. Uh-huh. But if there are other parents within the White Bear Lake District, yeah. I want them to know what their children are being taught. Right. I want that to be a flag yeah. of caution. Yeah. Um, so I did reach out to them. I actually had given the superintendent's email as well as the superintendent's number, and I had just said if you feel like this is an injustice as well and politics do not belong in the school, feel free to contact them. And I, it's not a huge group. I think there's only 800 of of us roughly Mm -hmm. in that group. Mm -hmm. I had probably 200 comments of people saying, we are completely supporting you in this. We will do anything to help. I'm going to contact the superintendent right now and let them know this is not what we stand for. And it really Mm -hmm. was that united backing. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it's not, I know that I have said this previously, but within Minnesota, being a Republican is not a common thing. Mm -hmm. It just isn't. We are a blue state currently. Mm -hmm. And knowing that there are other people that have your back and will stand for what is right with you was insanely encouraging. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the thing that's really interesting about that, I mean, you talk about 800 people, but you don't know who those 800 people know. And the fact that those 200 comments were made, and maybe they were made over the Facebook page, I'm assuming. Yes who knows how many people read that? I mean, this is giving people the opportunity to hear what's going on, to take inventory of, okay, do, my kids are in school. What's going on in their classroom? I'm going to start taking a look at what's coming home in the exactly. homework, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be asking my kids what's mm-hmm. being said in the classroom. So there is such a huge impact that's being made just from the testimony of one person. Yeah. So be encouraged yeah. about that. It yes. really builds
3: an awareness. It yeah. does. Yeah. yeah. It's so important. And, you know, I I know, I know that, Probably the vast majority of teachers don't want to do that and exactly. don't do that. Yes. But you can see the impact that just one teacher doing that has. Yes. Exactly. And um, that's why it is so important that I, I really, really applaud the superintendent for taking your concerns seriously and approaching the principal and that they then also took it seriously Yes, you didn't get maybe the apology that you would have liked. <laughs> um but but the but the people that are um running the school agree that politics really has no room in the classroom at all. Yeah, and
2: absolutely. That is
3: really nice to know that you've got that backing of the leadership in your school district anyway. It is. Yeah. And
2: that is why I do not want parents to feel intimidated or feel like they should not voice concern out of just fear of being persecuted. Right. That was the whole reason why I kind of ran to my grandpa was because I knew no one could put him in his place. Um, And I I was scared because Mm -hmm. I didn't know we would receive that kind of agreeance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do. I want parents to know you have to stand up in these areas. Yeah. Who else is going to, no one is going to, unless you do. Right. Right. And
3: I think often the parents, um, anytime they're concerned about something that happens in the classroom, whether it be this or something completely unrelated to yes. politics, I think the fear is always the backlash coming against their own child. Yes. And so there's that spe- fear of speaking up because they don't want the teacher then to hold it against their child. And yes. that would be something I'm kind of curious about. I mean, have you noticed that? Have, has this teacher treated your son um fairly and decently since this has all happened
2: thankfully since no names were released
3: okay yes. good so that the was principle biggest. was very discreet yes. that's good and, I'm glad to and
2: um when we all called we didn't um name my children's names uh-huh um we wanted that to be completely Private because that was the biggest yes, fear. I had. Yes, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: that's good. That's good, and that's something to keep in mind that you can make an anonymous, you know, statement that way exactly, and and share your concerns. Mm-hmm. Well, since the teacher issued her apology to the class the next day following her comments to the students, has the situation been entirely resolved?
2: I would say no. Okay. Um, we continually do have to talk to our children. Um, basically the biblical standpoints. That's what, that's what we yeah. talk to them about. Mm-hmm. And um, we let them know why we feel a certain way on certain topics. Yes. And mm-hmm. we go back to a biblical basis for it. Sure. Um, so it's something that we do still talk about heavily with our children. I wouldn't say it's completely resolved. Um, still watching CNN before class is done.
3: Really? Which blows my mind. Yeah, I don't understand having any political news talk show on at all in a fifth grade classroom. That's so interesting.
2: They're saying that they want the children to be aware of what is going on in the world. Mm
3: -hmm. How are they showing this? Is this through like a smart board or something? I'm assuming so. Okay. And again, this is so different than the classrooms that we have. I run a school and um, the day we'd be pumping any tv station into our oh, classrooms unless you're we watching you know some important presidential speech I, we watched obama's uh, inaugural address since he was the first black president we did mm-hmm. air that in our school um and again n- you know not having political persuasions one way or another we just thought that this was an important event yeah. um but yeah. it's so unusual Um, I think for there to be such um, emphasis on politics in a fifth-grade classroom. And I just
1: want to add this, too. This is why it's so important for parents to be involved in the lives of their children. The fact that they're getting the foundation in the home okay, Mm -hmm. is the very reason why your child was bothered when they heard this in the classroom. There was a level of discernment that was at work there. And so just the fact that that education is taking place in the home first – is so huge in mm-hmm. being able to keep you know things going in the direction that you're wanting to them to go in terms of their child's education. Yeah. And that's going to be a wonderful tool, I mean, going forward as you're seeing these things coming out of the classroom to continue that teaching in the mm-hmm. home as well,
0: too.
2: It, it is. And when I went to college, that's when I was very <laughs> – I knew when I was raising my children I would really teach them our foundation because when I went to college, my mom and I constantly joked – I made it through college without becoming a Democrat.
3: Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. So that was important in your family, it evidently. Was. Huh? It, was a, it was kind of an
2: ongoing joke because um, people in our family that didn't have parents that talked to them about their beliefs and kind of were just like, oh, I'll just let my child figure it out as they go. Mm-hmm. Well, those cousins all ended up becoming, you know, mm-hmm, die-hard mm-hmm, liberals mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. that fight us on right. on everything. Yeah. And so it was kind of an ongoing joke, just because I would tell my mom about the discussions in our ethics class right, or right. Um, in winter or in women and gender studies. I was heavily persecuted because I was oh. a stay-at-home mom oh, and right. I was a wife, and they were just dumbfounded that I would cook and clean for my husband that was working.
3: My goodness. I
2: mean, it was insane. Even though
3: this was your choice. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Well, you obviously don't have a good husband. Well, yes I do. He pays all my bills. I mean you, <laughs> my goodness. you know, I just it wow. doesn't make sense. So you to me. entered
3: into some of the most politically charged arenas in I did. college, didn't you? I did. I did. I loved it. I mean it was it was thrilling to
2: me. I love a yeah. great debate. I yeah. love a good yeah. factual debate. Right. Right. Um but that's why I was so adamant on teaching my children the way that we believe because I know I knew they were gonna be in public schools. Yeah. And I knew that they weren't going to be taught what I believe, yeah, yeah, and what I want them to believe. Which
3: is interesting, since the public schools were actually founded by Christians many right. years mm-hmm. ago. Um, but Bible and Bible reading and prayer were outlawed in 1962 and 1963 from the public schools, right. and we've seen obviously a, a continuous decline, um, and to the point where now it's just completely secularized. There's no yes. morality, and unfortunately too. In our culture, there's no agreement anymore on what our values really are. So I actually feel sorry for the teachers. I can't even imagine trying to Um, navigate that in a public school setting, um, not knowing, you know, whose values are we really representing here? Because there's so many different sets that it's become so polarized now. Um, It's got to be really tough for those teachers. I feel sorry for them. But in this case, this teacher has obviously stepped out of line and um, I'm so glad that you spoke up and that the superintendent and the principal backed you. And um, do you feel that there is any stigma attached to young parents, um, that they shouldn't say anything when it comes to holding school officials accountable when this happens?
2: I do have to say with being um, a, a, a parent that is young, I mean, I did say my age as well as how old my child is. So you yeah. can put two and two together if yeah. you listen closely. Oh, yeah. no, I hadn't thought about uh, that yet. You we were very young. <laughs> I was. I was extremely young. I didn't do things exactly in order, which my pastoral grandfather did not like. But I got back on track. and. I do have to say one of the biggest um, disparities that I've experienced is i f- I feel like as a young parent, people think i'm not educated, and people think that I don't have anything of value to say like I'm too young and too stupid to grasp anything and th- i think I feel like that's the biggest biggest stigma attached mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm taken seriously if I do go talk about things because they're almost like well you're twenty eight mm-hmm. how what do you know you mm-hmm. don't know anything about mm-hmm. the world mm-hmm. so Go ahead.
3: Yeah, I was just
1: going to ask, you know, for parents that are listening to this, this interview, if they may be suspicious that maybe some indoctrination is taking place in the classrooms of their kids, I mean, what advice would you give them? You know, maybe they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place in terms of whether to come forward or not. I mean, what would be your advice to them in terms of what steps to take?
2: I would say my biggest piece of advice would be to pray. Truthfully, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would say you really need to. Pr- I mean, I did after this pray, and I just said, "Lord, guide me in what I should mm-hmm, say," mm-hmm. because I feel like if 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 you are doing it out of love, yeah, and if you are doing it out of um, you know worry for your child, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, you have to stand up. You yeah. just have to. Yes. If you don't, who will? Yep. I feel like a lot of parents think, well, somebody else will probably say something. I I know a different parent will be upset by this, too. Mm -hmm. I don't think there were any other parents that called in for this. No one else talked about it. I know many of the parents within the classroom. I did not have any of them contact me Mm -hmm. about this. Mm -hmm. If I hadn't stood up and said something, who would have? Who will be that voice for my child?
3: Right. Good for you. And, you know, we have to remember that we only get one chance at educating our kids. Yes. And as parents, you're ultimately responsible for the education of your children. Yes. And so, Michaela, you stepped up for your child, and I... I yes. commend you. Thank you. And I hope that more listeners will um, pay attention to what's going on in their children's classrooms and have the courage to speak up and Absolutely. see it really can make a difference. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us here tonight, Michaela. Yeah. And thank you to our listeners. And if you want to listen to this uh, show our po- other podcasts, previous podcasts, go to ednationmn.org ednationmn.org and join us at Liberty Classical Academy on March 5th for our Education and Society series where we're going to be bringing Catherine Kirsten in along with another panel of speakers to talk about racial equity practices in the classrooms and how that is playing out in America's uh, classrooms across uh, the nation today. Uh, thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next week.